0: Hi, you're listening to Songwriters and Tour Writers, a podcast covering the songwriters and musicians that call Oklahoma home and those that might just be passing through. On this episode is Max Raynor, the lead singer for the band, Will Dorado.
1: I wish you were a stranger, a memory eraser.
0: The band is based in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and their self-titled debut album was produced by Chad Copeland at Blackwatch Studios in Norman. But much of the album was written in an old Tulsa church.
2: And there was like a certain energy in there every time I walked in there is always like, I shouldn't be here.
0: After a couple of years struggling with writing, Rainer wrote songs there dealing with his struggles balancing being a father and a touring musician. In this episode, Max talks about writing in the church by himself, his fears of being an absent dad, and how he put those feelings into song. All of that and more on this episode of Songwriters and Tour Writers.
2: I'm Max, and I'm in the band Will Dorado. I play guitar and sing.
0: And you guys are uh, in Tulsa right now, right? Correct. How long has it been since you've uh, moved to Tulsa?
2: Moved to Tulsa in January of 2018. So I think we're sitting on three years now. But I grew up here.
0: Yeah, you know, despite being formed in, like, L.A., right? Correct, yeah. It seems like you guys really identify as, like, a Tulsa band, which is cool to me. So many bands are the opposite way, where they form, like, in Oklahoma, and then they moved, like, to one of the coasts. Why did you guys move to Tulsa?
2: I mean, it was kind of a whole slew of reasons. The, the most pressing was just we, 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 my wife and I had a little girl, and... It just kind of got hard to do that in los angeles we didn't have any help we didn't have any family out there as expensive and so we kind of just made the move uh based off of our little family you know approaching it from the Wildorado perspective that i think i mean just being able to be in a place that allowed us to keep pursuing the band was pretty important and there's just more access to things here that, that were affordable. Touring from here was easier. Yeah, just kind of just very practical things. And and started working with Chad a lot more. Uh, being next to Norman was really, re- is really great.
0: So you grew up in Tulsa and then you kind of moved back later in life. Did you notice like a, a culture change at all?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the biggest culture change for Tulsa was for me, it was growing up here, it was kind of like my parents' world. And uh, you know what I mean? It was kind of like I went, went to school and back and played sports. It's not like I was cruising around downtown trying to find restaurants. And I was eating at my house. I was going to going to practice and going to school, and that was about it. So I left for college, then went to L.A. for five years. And when we came back, we moved downtown downtown and uh yeah just kind of reapproach this city from a brand new point of view and it's been really cool kind of having Tulsa be a part of our lives and making it be what uh what we want it to be and making friends and having the town kind of feel like a part of us rather than just where we were or are I love it man I'm I'm just a big fan I don't know why I really do feel like a peaceful sensation here especially like on trips and coming back it's it's always such a i mean a, a very real and identifiable feeling of home for me
0: yeah has has living there influenced your guys's music at all uh, was like the tulsa music scene um like tulsa artists growing up uh was that something that you were listening to
2: i mean not really to be honest i wasn't i wasn't listening to anything to be straight I mean I didn't really get into uh, music in general until college so I don't think I really I mean the whole t- Tulsa sound movement was eight or ten years older than me so I wasn't really aware of that until I was in Los Angeles so it's more so kind of been coming to Tulsa with my own thing and having you know the band having its own style and and then getting to learn about tall some musicians and see them and appreciate them. And it's been really cool, especially this year, kind of that we've been home. It's been fun going out to Mercury and hearing Jacob Tovar and and seeing Pilgrim, you know, at at different places. It's just been cool stuff like that. I've I've started making friends and bands here. It's just been nice being around and being technically in the scene and starting to make some friends. Such a cool music town, in my opinion. The the players are pretty amazing.
0: So it seemed like you guys waited quite a while to put out like an actual uh, first debut album. Like you you have a ton of songs out, but why now?
2: I think. First of all, we didn't want to put out a record that was just kind of like a collection of songs. I think if, you know, in t- today's day and age, for it to really even make sense to put out a record, I think it has to just simply be because you want to. I mean, it's, it's not it's not the, the most digestible way or... Uh, I don't know I just think when really efficiency wise putting out singles is probably the way to go right now I mean most bands do that it's like if you can just have a consistent flow of singles coming out I think that would be the most efficient way to do it but we just wanted to put out a record we wanted to put out a record that was cohesive and was made up of an idea and and made up of uh, you know a sound where we did it all in one place and and had time to do it the way we wanted to and 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 really we were we were putting out songs the last six years simply just to continue putting out music and to to continue to tour and be able to stay out on the road and then we had finally had a collection of tunes that were starting to become an idea and feel like a a thing and you know, it, it just made sense. It was the right time. It was, I mean, simply put, it was the right time for us, and we just wanted to.
0: How did the pandemic like affect the recording of this album? It seems like you guys were like right in the middle, like trying to put it out, and then everything kind of changed.
2: I mean, that's exactly what happened. I think the biggest pro of you know having to stay put was we had we were probably eighty five percent done with the record and instead of just going into mixing we went back into the studio with Chad and kind of opened everything back up and really thought about the songs and allowed ourselves to kind of have those dangerous conversations you know where you reapproach music and reopen reopen songs can be a dangerous thing to do but but in our case i think it really worked out because it allowed us to take some time and you know have some hard conversations about some of the songs and and change some things and really get everybody on the same page was I think was really what we walked away with which was was I kind of think once in a lifetime to be able to have the time to just say we don't I'm not sure right now let's just set this down and think about it we did we did lots of that take some time to get it off your chest yeah take it
1: Doing our best, but we make it a
2: Once we were all on the same page with all the tunes, we got to start mixing it and kind of mixed it the same way. I mean, we just took forever and just kind of allowed ourselves to take forever and uh, be meticulous. We've always re- recorded in a way where it's like you've got five days at the studio what you leave is with is what you've got uh we can't afford to go back in there's no time to tweak stuff and we're mixing on our headphones in a van you know what i mean or giving revisions that way and and this time was just the complete opposite i mean we had nothing to do but go back and forth to norman and spend tons of time on the phone with ryan hewitt he mixed the record i mean it's kind of a dream it's awesome <laughs>
0: It seemed like, um, you guys spent the time in the, in the best possible way. Now that it's like done, what is the story or like the theme of, of this debut album?
2: I I didn't set out with a theme. You know what I mean? I I wasn't conceptual. I think more so what it was, was I was just writing a lot. I, I finally, after, you know, kind of struggling with writing for a couple of years, got back into it and just started looking over these songs and, and finding a, a similar thread running through them all, which was kind of a combination of just like telling the story of what it's been like for me to try to make a band work and what a uh, head case I kind of have become through that. I mean, I, th- I think, I think a lot of these songs after going back and reading them and, and putting them together, made me realize that i've just been in a pretty unhealthy mental state trying to be a husband a dad a friend and a musician a touring musician all at the same time was just something that i don't think i have figured out how to do well and i think while at the same time i haven't figured out how to do it well i've Collected a bunch of knowledge on how not to do it well and just found myself in this period of trying to put together a a plan on how do I get my, you know, get my head straight? How do I get my my thoughts in the right place and be, be where I am, be present? And, and so the record really did just become about me digging through my feelings and trying to, you know, make sense of what the last six years have been like. Which is cool, because going back and listening to it now, it's just, it still just strikes such a chord. I mean, I I think what we dig about the record is it really is a story in a way of Will Dorado, uh, which is one of the reasons we wanted to self-title it. But it's also just like, man, so many of these things and these songs are still the things I'm waking up having to figure out and deal with. You know what I mean? They all still just feel so present. And I mean, almost in a very frustrating since. I, I still just like you know, we're in there rehearsing and, and I'm just singing stuff and thinking, man, I still, have, I, still, I still haven't figured this out. This is still really bothering me. This is still you know, I'm still feeling panicky and nervous and trying to please too many people and feeling pulled in a hundred directions. So I think that's why I love the record. It just, it just does kind of, I mean, thematically all the lyrics just feel like just feel like me, to, to tell you the truth. I just kind of feel proud of the fact that if nothing else, uh, I was honest through it all. and can go back and just kind of read it and, and say, man, that is true. I did feel that way. I still feel that way. I'm still struggling with that.
0: Yeah, it seems like a song that really en- encapsulates like that difficulty, like trying to write songs and having to deal with, like I guess, touring and Missing Family is Head Right. Where were you wife when you wrote that song
2: a pretty bad place if i'm being honest i'm uh i was just in a place where i was just always wishing i was somewhere else and it was it was nauseating really i, I couldn't figure out how to just be where i was i had my hope inside my heart know that song just kind of came about it's so simple and and I, I think that's why it was easy to write all those lyrics just because there was no it was like all of a sudden all of that was no longer complicated to not feel alone, was to just be with who you're with. Like, I'm with people all the time. And yet, when we're on the road, I'm, I'm feeling lonely because I'm not with my wife or my 5 It's like, I'll be with them when I'm with them. And, and, and they're still with me, and I'm still with them. But I'm with my buddies right now. I'm with, I'm with somebody who appreciates my art right now. You know what I mean? There's just all these opportunities to feel whole that I was not allowing myself to accept.
0: yeah it just um sounded like you were being pulled in a lot of different directions
2: mhm yeah, it's an interesting thing being a songwriter the dudes let me write these tunes uh, or at least the lyrics and the melodies over it but but at the same time like you're you're having to i mean someone's paying for it someone's working it someone's managing it someone's booking the tour and, and all of these things really rely on everybody having the thing they need to work well and be efficient so you're always just kind of under this pressure of delivering something that everybody enjoys and it's just not realistic you know what I mean so it's a it's quite the journey figuring out how to do that not only well but do it right where you're respecting the right things and not putting too many pressures on yourself you figure out how to do that dude let me know
0: it seems like in the process of trying to write that song something kind of like clicked for you like what would you say that was
2: i mean i think the lesson i learned from Headwright was to just sometimes the song just needs to go the way that it comes out and we we spent a lot of time trying to make that song sound different than it does as we just i think we felt a little self-conscious on just how straightforward and rock and roll it was you know what I mean we, we always kind of made fun of it as like the motorcycle song <laughs> but uh we didn't want a motorcycle song on the record but I think there was just something about that tune that felt like it needed to be a part of it it's it said something it was just so honest and simple and yeah I think we you know it was a classic lesson and like man if you try to be too cool you're just Never will be, and and I think we had to allow ourselves to just be like, man, this is a song that's supposed to go on this. If people want to judge us because it sounds like a motorcycle song, then go for it. It just there was it was a part of our story. Yeah, uh, that was a hard lesson to learn.
0: Yeah, is that something that you're? I guess maybe a bad thing that you're thinking about. Just like, oh, what's the Will dorado sound like? Are you guys like trying to go for like a sound? I guess in your head.
2: I mean. I don't think we stand a chance of going for a sound. I mean, if you, if you listen to our catalog, it's like, what is Will Dorado sound? I honestly have no idea. I mean, that's always one of the hardest questions I've asked is like, what does Will Dorado sound like? And I mean, on, my honest answer is probably always just like whatever that day sounds like, like it just, it's so eclectic. and And that's one thing I cherish about it because there is no, Wilderado sound i mean i think the the harder thing to do is as you're putting bodies of work together is to get the songs to be a complement to each other so i think if we're ever shooting for a sound it's more so just you know if we've already got some tracks going in a mood happening on a body of work then you want it to at least somehow feel like a companion to that mm-hmm. but i think we're in a great position and it's something that i've been really particular about is i, I want to write with this large array because i don't want to put out a record and and be tied down to but that sound i mean i think just sonically will what kind of song does will dorado want to write that's outside my head when the
1: night was cool and the air was sweet i could see the moon on the top
2: of a field it's like kind of rock and roll, kind of countries swinging, just I think that song kind of encapsulates what we're trying to do as a band.
1: And then the world
2: think outside my head was i just took a moment to write as if i was doing everything well what would what would just kind of that sensation look like and feel like i want to be able to write however i need to write that day whatever feels cool to me because if i don't get to do that then i don't want to do this like it it would suck being a songwriter that's to write one type of song like that would i have i don't know that's possible i mean i was tell you the truth i listen to christian music and and new age popular country sometimes and just just because i'm blown away by how are there so many songs that sound this way like it's it's past an annoying and past gimmicky just straight to impressive i i just i can't i mean it, it just is simply impressive to me that there are so many songs that it's just another song that sounds the same way it somehow it's not the same song i don't but i can't do that That's too that's that's hard
0: yeah, it it seems like they found the recipe that you're that you're looking for. It's just the recipe for like a really bad cake, basically. <laughs> <laughs>
2: totally, yeah, man. It's just so it's like I I think being in a band, you if it works out and you start having a fan base, it's just such a Catch twenty two. If some, if a tune works out, or if one record works out, you're just kind of a captive to that thing, and and those people, and those, the ones that are going to buy tickets, and the ones that are going to purchase or stream your music. And I think we're really trying to be specific and not being a captive to that, and somehow finding finding a path that lets us make whatever we want to make, and still have people and enjoy it but I think some of that is once you start making something that people don't like then that's great too because I think you know what one of the hardest things to ever figure out in life is when to stop something and if there comes a point where we all need to do something else then I want to know about that you know what I mean I don't want to manipulate myself all the time to try and avoid what needs to happen which could be move on to the next thing so I think songwriting you just gotta always do what you're hearing and feeling that day if if the world wants to accept that and monetize it on its own then bad but if not let's go do something else
0: yeah yeah so you said that you you write the lyrics and the melody so um what is it like when you like bring it to the band or like when you start writing uh with the rest of the band
2: it happens in several ways i mean usually pretty easy to tell like a a song like help me down at the end of the record is just one that i had written and brought to everybody and we kind of put together a song like astronaut or mr major or the worst of it those are all we we write those where we go in with chad or the band and just kind of create a, a track create a mood create a vibe that everybody's digging and start to put together a story without Lyrics for melodies over it, and then I'll usually take that piece of work and go in someplace quiet where I can be alone and figure out what the shape of the melody is. But lots of times, dude I mean, it's pretty hard for me to be sitting listening to a track and not start hearing melodies. So I kind of like always initially hear something and test it out with the dudes, just singing out into the room or. You know, they'll they'll always have kind of an idea of where I'm headed with the melody because I just want to make sure I'm not going some direction where everybody's like, this is lame. This doesn't work. This doesn't, this doesn't accompany what, you know, we all had going in the studio together. But I think we've got a good process with it. It's like everyone respects. I think that's how I work best. And I respect the fact that uh, they need to know what I'm doing.
0: It seems like a big part of your guys' sound is like vocal harmonies so that this seems like it has to be pretty integral and in just like being able to work with the, the other people in the band and like shape those harmonies together
2: yeah i mean i think harmony is something that i either hear or i don't and if i don't hear it i don't think i'm feeling pressure to try and find it it's uh i just think like if there's a beautiful harmony, it's going to be right there with the melody when it comes in.
1: If you want it, you can have it But don't let it get to you If you saw it, get all wallet Before I met you I was all profound Elements of what gets lost in sound Well, I, high, hit the ground, hit the
2: I love harmony. I love the physical sensation of voices blending together. But,
1: me over the
2: but at the same time, it's not something that I'm, i always feel like needs to happen and and i honestly just as a songwriter but can think it can get a little gimmicky it's it's just like anything is like you use it too much then and and that you might as well not even use it so it's kind of currently what i'm doing right now writing the next record is trying to figure out like where where do harmonies go and and can there you know what i mean was there too much mm-hmm. i would want everything we do to be impactful on the song that's really important to me and that's all based off the dynamics of it and based off it you know happening when it needs to happen and not so much just happening for the sake of feels good sounds good
0: describe like a song where you know the the melody just came at you like immediately
2: astronaut and stranger both of those came just instantly once i heard i mean once we were playing that 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 little opening riff in astronaut just was as soon as i heard it i had that melody in that line i don't i don't know why i can't remember if you astronaut, or not but i've been feeling like an astronaut that for some reason came with the melody Usually what happens is the lyric, a lyric comes with the melody and then I'm stuck with trying to have to figure out how to write a song around that. (laughs) like that aspect of first thought involved where it's like, man, that was in me. Obviously I wasn't trying to say that and it came, you know, in the form of a melody. So I just feel like I'm, I always just feel required to be true to that. That's what the song is all of a sudden, you know what I mean? I've, I, I basically can't finish the tune if I go away from that first lyric.
0: up next, Max talks about the church he found himself writing in, and what he learned about songwriting from Stephen King book. Right after this break.
2: KOSU has a podcast to bring you news on what's happening in the state of Oklahoma. The KOSU Daily includes local headlines, state impact reporters will bring us the latest on education, health care, and criminal justice, and we have news focusing on agriculture and rural issues, as well as indigenous affairs. You can subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The KOSU Daily, Oklahoma News every weekday.
0: Are there a lot of inspirations that you're drawing on for songs on this album? Like were you watching any movies or T V shows or reading any books or yeah, listening to any other music that kind of made its way onto a song?
2: I'm trying to think. I mean musically not, not really. I, 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 do kind of a poor job of listening to music because when I do, it's like I have a hard time not emulating it or letting it kind of impact me too much. Or, or to tell you the truth, I have a hard time not comparing what I'm doing to a song I might find inspiring. You know what I mean? It's, I, usually, when I find a tune inspiring, I, I spend the majority of that experience just wishing i had written that song (laughs) so yeah it's kind of a rock and a hard place to me because i i am impacted by music and i love hearing other people's music but while at the same time like i'm just always needing to write i think i've done a bad job of kind of compartmentalizing those two things or figuring out how to do it well but the biggest inspiration for me is just trying to listen well and 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 listen to the tune that i'm on uh, and and B, once we get something going with Chad or ourselves, and it's this mood, I think I, I really am just inspired by listening to it and, and trying to allow myself to go into whatever world it, that seems to be coming from. So far, that's how it's worked out best.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know, I had actually read that for the song Surefire, it draws from a Tabitha King poem.
2: Yeah it does I, I probably more subconsciously than uh, anything else there was just a line in that tune like a bear in the forest uh, one of those verses and her poem I had read the night before uh, was basically about a bear coming out of hibernation I can feel- cool poem though it's really interesting you ever read that it's like called a canticle i'll
0: have to look it up
2: it's in stephen king's on writing i was reading that he's got a pretty great book just called on writing that he breaks down kind of his process while simultaneously kind of giving a a bit of a story of his life it's really cool if you like him it's a pretty tight book
0: yeah I, i think i have a copy but it's like like every stephen king book it's like this thick it's like three inches or something four inches yeah
2: you should get into it though, because it was uh kind of made me like him. I hadn't really known much about him, and I don't read you know much like horror fiction so or whatever his genre is. i probably butchered that, but he just has you know, he's just such a prolific writer. I think any artist that can be prolific is worth listening to,
0: yeah. was there anything that you picked up from that book that like you applied to songwriting?
2: Usually, when I read a book about writing the the consistent thing I always pick up is just, you have to do it a lot. You have to allow yourself to have time to make mistakes and you have to allow yourself the time to accidentally be great because anytime you're trying to be great, you aren't, or it just, it's just so few and far between. And there's another guy named Stephen Pressfield that wrote a book called the war of art. Which is also really rad and it's kind of just the same thing. You just have to I mean the the battle is just going in and doing it. It's not it's not doing something good. It's just being consistent, being yeah, diligent.
0: I think i heard like a comic book artist talk about how every artist has like 2,000 bad drawings that they need to get out of the way first before they like actually start drawing something they they like um so you just gotta put the hours in
2: it is it's wild and right now i'm you know as we're getting into new music it's it's weird how scared i've been to do it because this record is still ours it's not the world's yet and And I think once it goes out into the world, uh, I'm proud of it and I say, I'm proud of every single line, stand behind every single line. And I think I'm just nervous to not be able to do that again. But um, it's just been a good reminder. I have to keep reminding myself that like, you have to allow yourself to write stuff that you don't keep because if you, there is no, there is no moment where you're ready to write well again. You just have to write, write, write. And not not be not be thrown off by the times that you can't, or you write something that sucks. Because it all is just a happy accident. It's an accident of being diligent, a good you know, a good outcome of being diligent. And but yeah, I've been I've been for some reason kind of nervous to even get into it. I got to. That's what we're doing right now. Just start just start hammering through it.
0: read that you were doing a lot of writing in like an old church in Tulsa
2: yeah not anymore I was that was cool because that was like right in my neighborhood we shared an alleyway I'd cruise down that thing and work in there it was rad yeah just that's the story I mean that's it that's had a buddy had this church it was in between an auction and him selling it he just let me I I called PSO they turned the power on to it It gave me the keys and I went there.
0: Yeah, it seems like it was like an old, like real classic looking stone like church.
2: It's funny. I think it is a schoolhouse to start out. There's a little plaque on the side of it. It's like 1938 or something, schoolhouse, but there's been a couple of different congregations that have worked there. It was a non profit, I think, worked in there for a little bit. And then somebody started to renovate it and stopped. And um That's when we went in. So it was like a bunch of exposed insulation, which was really rad for like absorbing sound. The stone kept sound from leaving or coming in. So it was a pretty great little rehearsing, writing, demoing den.
0: Yeah. It seems like a really like, especially if no one else is like going to be in there just to have like an entire church building to yourself.
2: Yeah, dude. I'd wander around and it upstairs and, just walk and walk and walk and think and think and sing and it was really it was really special I mean I'll always be grateful for getting to do that and there was like a certain energy in there too where I don't know I couldn't tell if something bad had happened or if it was just you know you kind of like make that up for yourself just because you're in a building by yourself that's been an old church but was never anything negative no negative energy it was just like a it was just kind of an exciting energy to tell you the truth every time I walked in there it was always like I shouldn't be here I shouldn't but I'm allowed to be I know, mean, it's kind of a cool combination
0: is that how you find yourself writing just like making the time specifically to write or like speaking of like diligence like Stephen King all those like writers they just like write for, like, five hours every day, and no matter what, they get those five hours in. But I know for songwriting and, like, for other people, it isn't always like that. You kind of have to be caught in, like, a particular mood, and you never know when, like, inspiration or, like, a song lyric is going to come to you.
2: I think the latter of that is true, uh, but the former is the best way to do it for me. I mean, it's it's... I need to find the time where I daily go and at least try to get a line down or try to sit and you know do some sort of writing but at the same time you you lots of times I mean I've got lots of voice memos at dinner or you know early in the morning and just kind of a either a melody or a line pops in your head but I think the danger is waiting to write when you when you're inspired because uh, waiting to get inspired that's not something that happens i think you just sometimes you're inspired sometimes you're not but you want to be in a place where you're writing when it happens to come
0: this church was like pretty recent where were you for some of the songs that are on this album
2: when you say this album are you talking about Will, the wilder auto lp
0: yes yeah
2: yeah so most of the lyrics were written in there in that church uh, a lot of the demos in that church i moved out of the church and like I think I've been out of there for eighteen months. So yeah, that that kind of got that went to auction and got pulled out from under me pretty quickly. it was right before the pandemic or the shutdown, whatever we want to call it. And uh, yeah, so that's she she gone. <laughs> she's, she's long gone. We built a studio over over quarantine September tenth purchased this place and and it's just a old skate skateboard wheel i think they made skateboard wheels so it's just like this empty building that we built out and uh now we're working in here dude it, it rules it's kind of the spot i've always been waiting for yeah so it all happened you know all, all worked out well
0: basically like that, that that church is like the setting for this album
2: yeah i wrote surefire in there top to bottom i wrote uh stranger in there astronaut in there uh head right in there just yeah a bunch of
0: bunch of tunes just where came from that that church was it just you and like a guitar
2: well i mean most of the time it was i was going in there with just headphones or blasting the tracks out through some big monitors and just kind of walking around singing trying to find the melodies and the lyrics hands free i love that i love just you know, when there's a shape that I can just walk around and listen to and ride over. I'm not a good enough guitar player to, you know what I mean, just have to be playing the guitar the entire time I'm trying to ride. I, I usually when I'm playing the guitar, I'm having to think about playing the guitar.
0: Did you know about like uh, Leon Russell's like church studio?
2: Yeah, that was the other thing too. I don't know if I wanted to find myself in a church when there was a place like the church. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> I'm not trying to come to town and and have my own church. Plus, they're, um, uh, yeah, dude, they're get they're putting a lot of work into it. I haven't seen it yet though, but I know I had lunch with the woman who bought it and is doing it all, and she's smart and she she's got her hands on some epic gear. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how they do it though.
0: Yeah, it might be uh, another space to just drop by if you find yourself like needing a, ch- a church to go to again.
2: <laughs> Just get back to church? <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: we've well, we got a little hideaway
0: that we go to
2: when we're
1: gone together Little place.
0: There were a few songs that I just want to get like a quick take on that we just hadn't like, touched on. Um, Mr. Major, uh, is that like a person in your life?
2: It started out as one. uh, And then I think I just didn't know how to continue on with that thought process. I started to identify with it much more so as just like expectations, to tell you the truth. I thought this character, almost this general, this army sergeant was such an easy way to throw some um, frustration at. that that's kind of what the tune is is just me figuring out how to deal with the expectations that I I feel like I'm living under and how uh, usually they're all pretty unrealistic but at the same time like both expectations itself and us the victims of it are you know bound together like it says in the tune.
0: to the next track which i think if i'm thinking about this album like like a novel this is kind of like where things are the most difficult like just in terms of like the middle part is like where the the conflict is like at its like heaviest and then after you get past that that point it just kind of like rises down um so what was the story behind uh, the worst of it
2: Dude, that's great. I, I, I love that you feel that way, so I do too. Um, I mean, the worst of it is just me struggling with being a dad. I think the thing in life I fear the most is, is being a bad dad. My girls growing up and, and wishing I had been present or wishing that the time I was with them, I was less distracted. So yeah, that tune's just kind of about that, trying to be a good, a present dad. Chorus goes to this hopeful place.
1: I just tell myself if that's the worst event, if that's the hope, then maybe you can and that can
2: hang on. My- you know the the moments where where I'm gone and I feel like I'm not present. I always come back and realize that it's not so much do we all need to be physically together to to know that we you know are present with each other's emotions. So I think I was just thinking, man of me being gone, if that's my run. If that's the biggest risk I run kind of stumbling as a father then no maybe it's not so bad maybe maybe we can figure it out
0: I think I heard that Help Me Down was like from a really old like voice memo.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's basically that whole story. We were actually looking for kind of, a, or at least I was in my head searching for what, what could be a cool last song. And when I listened to that chorus, it just kind of felt like it summed everything up.
1: Help me down, don't pick me up, give me some. Just the way I've loved you All along The summer Came in fast But it hasn't Learned to last It came to town Just to turn you brown Then it passed Now I'm freezing In my car as I'm driving under the stars I've been thinking of you Like I tend to do in the dark I guess I never learned to choose Help me down, don't pick me up
2: Give me Plus it was wild that it was from so long ago and kind of had this line that like I said, I just felt like I connected to so much and, and seemed to kind of be a good way of summing up the record. And the second verse came pretty quickly. It's pretty fun to finish. It was it just kind of happened that one afternoon. The afternoon I found it.
0: When was that voice memo uh, recorded?
2: I think it was 2010. I was at Baylor and I was, you know, grew up in the church and... I think I just had this reckoning with myself being at that school you know what that school had this church that I was going to where like you know churches will do the small group thing and and everybody was just so obsessed with like needing to hear what you would like confessing your sins and and I just I just found myself kind of looking around thinking like man people are better than than everyone seems to be making themselves feel and, and I think I just kind of had I started to disassociate with all of that a little bit and I think that's where that line came from of help me down don't pick me up was I just thought like man a, a loving community should look like someone going down to places with people rather than just saying you're down there and I'm the one that can pick you up
1: help me down. Something that I can touch just the way near I've loved you all along.
2: And then after writing the record of that, that line I guess I identified with it in the same way in a different circumstance. And yeah, I just I kinda loved that. I loved that it stayed true to me for a while.
1: I need a way. I love you while
2: you're gone. And it's it's weird and interesting forgetting about a song and then coming back to it and connecting to it so much.
0: Yeah, it's interesting for me to hear how you said earlier that the theme kind of came afterwards because when I was listening to it, it seemed like so cohesive about like yeah, just struggling with mental health, trying to find the right people to like be around you.
2: I think that's just the kind of writer I am. I don't think I do a very good job of setting out to say something and saying it well. I think it, it more so happens just by allowing it to take the time it needs to take and and I think finally when I looked up and had these songs written and this thing going it it was just kind of like it's finally it's finally happened. These there's an idea here. There's, you know, there's something running through all of these songs that just is rather than me figuring out, setting out to make something, which I would love to be able to do. And I think that's so, I think that rules. I mean, you know, lots of artists can do that. And I've always just been so enamored by that. Sit down and think like I'm going to write a song about, you know, whatever it may be. And someone's just able to do that where, but I just don't think I would do that. And it's been hard accepting that, but I think you know. At the same time, I'm just—that's uh, the way it is. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find my strengths within that arena and just kind of abide by the fact that that's how I work. Which is really wild approaching L P two because it's like, how do you, you know, how you, how do you know that about yourself while needing to step in? I mean, I'm just trying to find myself. I'm finding myself right now, just asking like. Like There's some cool demos going around and some rad vibes on these tracks. And I'm just kind of staring at them like a stranger, not really knowing what it is I'm supposed to say right now. But like I was saying earlier, I know it'll come. I just have to not be too afraid to just work on it and try and try and try.
0: When you finished this album, did it feel like you had figured something out?
2: Yeah. I think it was a combination of having figured something out and also accomplished something. I mean, I'd be hard pressed to say what else in my life that I've just kind of set out to do and done. Uh, that's been more gratifying than this record just because it's just simply what happened. We we wanted to write one and we did it. And now it's about to come out, It's rules. And I think what I figured out is I can do it you know what i mean i can i can do it i just have to be diligent and not be thrown so thrown off by the moments that don't feel good i think one thing man i my mom to tell you the truth has been such a student of and has really encouraged me and is like these these low moments come and they're so distracting and they push you so far away from your trajectory but i think the practice that i'm trying to abide by is just not being so swayed by when you're panicky or feeling discouraged because you always can come back up again. You know what I mean? Like each little valley is created by the fact that there's another rise on each side. And I kind of think that's record is that's what I'm trying to say is like, it's going to be an up and down. Just everything's an up and down. It's never going to be down and go up and you made it. Now it's up. I think it's just trying to figure out how to just be even through the ups and downs, that even disposition. I love a person with an even disposition. It's so good to be around someone like that.
0: find links to Will Dorado and their latest album on KOSU.org, along with a full list of the songs that were played in this episode. Will Dorado is going on tour, so check out when they'll be playing in an area near you. Songwriters and Tour Writers is a production of KOSU in the service of Oklahoma State University. Our editor is Ryan McCroy and our cover art was created by Terry Ferris. You can find songwriters and tour writers wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Matthew Viriapa.
1: Dryin' out like a Easter being I'm the warden on the front line A yellow soldier on a dead mind Listen lover, won't you call me well, I'm a sucker for some harmony